Welcome to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a podcast for the innovators from the experts. We know that you're busier than ever, and the last thing you need as a business applications innovator is a lengthy, drawn-out podcast where you walk away with the possibility of learning something new. Well, that's how the Digestible Dynamics Podcast is different. Each episode will contain one digestible tidbit about Dynamics 365 that you can immediately apply to your business. With the combined experience of three decades in the business application space, Dr. KJ and I understand that the power of technology is not about the features and functions, but rather the value it can bring to your business to help you transform and drive growth. That's why we'll focus on the most useful things that you need to know about the Dynamics 365 platform. Welcome everyone to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, your number one source for snackable tidbits that help you optimize your Dynamics 365 experience. When I first heard the term customer experience, I thought about the retail and consumer goods industry. More specifically, I really reflected on my experience as a shopper. Was I welcome when I entered the store? Were the sales reps pushy? Were they helpful? Or when I returned something, was it an easy process? And would I even come back to the store? Well, nowadays, a vast majority of Americans, 81% to be exact, prefer online shopping versus in-store shopping. Well, despite that shift in the industry to a digital world, the necessity for a customer experience has not changed. It has merely shifted from an in-person experience to a digital one. Well, with the cultural shift into online shopping, customers expect their customer experience to be smooth, painless, and memorable. Otherwise, they're going to shop somewhere else. Well, today's guest, Brian Lannon with T-Tech Digital, he highlights how retail and consumer goods customers are utilizing Dynamics 365 to provide exceptional customer experiences for their customers. So let me go ahead and introduce you all to Brian. Brian Lannon is a VP retail experience for T-Tech Digital. He joined the company in 2021 after nearly 15 years at Target. He has deep expertise developing and leading strategy, insights, and customer capabilities. In his last role at Target, he led the guest experience team where he was responsible for experience strategy and insights, guest-centric cultural development, voice of the guests, and brand and reputation insights. In his time at Target, he worked directly on a wide range of businesses across merchandising, marketing, corporate responsibility, stores, contact center, and digital. He's a graduate of Harvard Business School and of Indiana University, where he studied mathematics, economics, and Spanish. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, KJ. It's, it's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. We're looking forward to it. And such, we're going to dive right into the first question and ask you, what are those top digital transformation obstacles or issues the customers within RCG, which we'll shorten today, what are they facing? That's a great question, Kevin. Um, at T-Tech Digital, we see our clients really struggling with a number of different things right now. I think first and foremost, retailers that don't have a really solid foundation of data and insights are going to have a lot of trouble activating a really personalized, relevant experience for customers. We know that shoppers in retail, restaurants, consumer goods, at this point, the expectation is that the messaging you give me, the products you offer me, the offers and discounts you're providing me are personalized and tailored 
to me, the retail industry has been going that way for a long time. Amazon, of course, was way out in front of that with product recommendations. But retailers have gone so much further than that, beyond product recommendations to service recommendations. And a lot of times, product and services that go beyond what maybe my own brand even offers uh, through partnerships. I think the second thing we're seeing is a digital transformation. Obviously, it has to work for the customer and it has to work for your digital teams, but it kind of has to work for all of your other employees too, right? A really sophisticated marketing engine that's giving the right offers, the right information to customers is great. But if you're out there on the front line, you're a cashier at a retailer or you're taking orders at a restaurant, you need to have those tools and they have to be really simple and easy for you too. So whether that's sort of in-store clientele that helps me to understand who is this customer in front of me right now? Who am I talking to? Who am I selling to? Or whether it's you know something as simple as you know recruiting talent and and getting interviews scheduled for potential candidates, you got to put the right tools in front of your frontline team as well. And then I think at a higher level, the retailers that struggle to get the most out of these initiatives and really get their CX strategy off the ground are the ones that don't always even have a clear vision for how their customer experience is supposed to look and how it's supposed to bring the brand to life. So that upfront uh, research, insights, and strategy work is really, really critical so that you can set a clear vision that leads to your digital transformation roadmap that then leads you to what am I, what am I trying to do with my data? What am I trying to do with the insights around the customer to really bring that personalized experience to life in a way that highlights my brand in the marketplace? Love that. So what I'm understanding is... Yes, technology can solve a number of different issues, but in a way, the customers you're working with, they have to be ready for that. Otherwise, you're just throwing money and making your existing process problem even more of a headache because the technology can confuse things even more. Is that right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you look at your email inbox right now and you can see which retailers, which restaurants get it and which ones don't. The ones that are sending you three offers a day that are all for the same dollar off a sandwich or dollar off a $20 basket or whatever. It just gets old. It gets lost in your inbox. People stop paying attention. Your, your customers want better from you. They want something that's really relevant and tailored and timely for you. I just recently got emails from two different restaurant chains. One of them said, order your go-to. And the product featured was one I've never ordered. I got another one literally in the same week from a different restaurant chain that said, hey, try something new. And it was pictures of three different things I have ordered from that restaurant, right? And so, you know, you got to do better. Uh, You got to do better with your customers. Consumers, by and large, are ready for this. They're expecting it. They've gotten, they've seen what great looks like from some brands. And so if you're not great, you're just falling behind and you're not going to be relevant. And those personalized marketing initiatives are not going to bear fruit. That's a great point, Brian. And you know, I kind of want to look at this a different way. Think about the employees. So <laughs> you have these legacy systems, you have all of this data, and people are also worried about their jobs, especially in the climate that we're in today, right? How are these folks transforming themselves to gain that new knowledge? And what is TTAC doing to, to help those folks? Yeah, out on the front line, it's just super, super critical. As Digital retail grew as e-commerce retail grew. What I saw in the industry was was people wanting to use the app and wanting to go online and wanting to have things shipped to their home. But what I also saw in the marketplace was consumers really, really looking for a great in-person experience to complement that. You know, sometimes I just want stuff shipped to my front door, but I am willing to get off my couch and go to the store for a great experience. And that a great experience includes the personal service you get. So as you're hiring and and training and and 
developing your frontline, those retail and restaurant employees, nobody shows up and says, I want to provide bad service today, right? right. If they're providing bad service, it's because you haven't given them the tools, you haven't given the training and the, the leadership you know, to provide that great service. And so you know, what we see is a couple of things. One, clienteling, which I mentioned earlier. I remember doing some research a while back on consumer returns in retail. And one of the things we heard really frequently was, you know, I'm in your store every week. <laughs> I'm in your store frequently. I show up at the returns desk. You have no idea who I am. You treat me like everybody else. You make me show my ID. You inspect the goods. You ask me why you're returning it. How do you not know who I am, right? And so, exactly. Yeah. And so you, you're at a big grocery store. Maybe you don't expect that every employee remembers your name, but you got to have some mechanism mm-hmm. when, when a customer needs service to provide some insights. Who am I talking to here? Is this one of our very best customers? How do I make sure I'm treating this person and, and, and showing them the love that they're showing my brand? The other thing that we're doing, we actually have an AI driven training experience or a training bot. We call it Real Play. But it's the idea that you, whether it's in the contact center or on the front line, you can actually uh, do some training and go through some scenarios with your customers uh, where, you know, the customer, the bot will sort of call and complain about something and you have the opportunities <laughs> to practice and try. So we're, we're trying to be out in front of technology as a learning and development tool as well. So oh, are you I seeing a that. lot... Oh, my bad, Kevin. I, I was just saying, ahead, I love that. So, hey, KJ. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know, are, are you seeing a lot of adoption with uh, Power Apps? Yeah, no, Power Apps is, is great. My favorite example of that right now is there's a coffee chain that we're working with. And we, we were approached by them to say, you know, hey, the talent market is really tough right now. Uh, you know, we're in a war for great talent in our stores. We would love to be able to to shorten the time frame between when a, a job applicant, you know, goes to our site, fills out an application, and the time when we actually get an interview booked. And we need to get the interview booked really quickly because guess what? They're applying at six other places. And so we actually worked with them to build a power app. And our, our mantra was to take that time frame from days to hours right? Instead of calling them back two days later and scheduling an interview for three days later, let's get that down to hours. And so we built a power app, really uh, simple and elegant, in my opinion, where an applicant can apply for the job and immediately gets an SMS to say, hey, here's some open times uh, for your local store that you can go interview and and get that scheduled immediately. And then the local store managers then can sort of look into that pool and say, oh, what I really need is someone with this skill. What I really need is someone with this availability in my particular store. And so uh, we didn't just go from days to hours. We took it from days to about nine minutes is what it now takes just because of this power app that we built. It it integrates with their uh, Workday instance uh, and works really smoothly and, and have been rolling it out really successfully with the coffee chain. So that's that's my favorite example. I think more generally, um, you know, that that no code, low code option to just get the right apps and tools in front of that front line are really important, whether that's looking at your customer feedback, whether that's looking at your inventory, or whether it's for clientele purposes. We're seeing lots of great examples of that out in the marketplace. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. You mentioned one thing that I wanted to harp on there's an expectation for good service already. So I see that as if you implement the basics of D365, you're meeting the basic needs. You understand who I am as a customer, my basic needs are met. But now with things like AI and machine learning and and being innovative with Power Apps, you can be proactive, right? You can then go from good as a retailer to great. How are you doing that today with, with your customers? 
I think the best way to do this is if you've got your data in one place, you've got a solid customer data platform with customer insights, and you're layering on the right AI-driven models, you can spot customer growth, customer defection. You can spot that really quickly. You think about all of the data you're gathering. You've got purchase data. You can see, are they purchasing differently? You've got browse behavior, app behavior. Are they looking at different products? Are they visiting less frequently? You can pull in social media feedback. Are they tweeting bad things about your brand? You can pull in uh, customer feedback. If you've got a, a D365 customer voice instance where you're collecting survey feedback, can you see what's happening? And so to add all that up and say, I've got a customer who seems to be on the cusp of growing or on the cusp of defecting, you can act on that really, really quickly. So that level of proactivity is really important. Again, how do you go from the same dollar off coupon every day, the same message every day, filling my inbox? How do you go to right message, right time, right channel in a way that's relevant for me and, and gets me excited to come back to your brand and to do that proactively and not wait for me to fill out a nasty survey to call me up and apologize and give me a coupon. You should know I'm about to defect before I do. I'll give you one other example. On an airline, if you fly uh, one of the major airlines that I, I fly with, if you fly their airline, you get a survey afterward that asks you for feedback, right? If the flight is significant delay, significantly delayed, they don't wait for you to take a survey and say you're upset. They've got that operational data to know. So you get a different survey and you get some proactive service from them instead of just waiting for the customer, the, the, their customer to reach out and tell them I've had a problem. Wow. I'm stepping into the, the role of a customer at a retail. I'm thinking about, okay, all these emails, what would be nice for my customer experience and what, what I want to be a tailored experience. And I, there are frustrations where I said, I look at my inbox and I think, wait, didn't I unsubscribe to this last week? How am I still getting this email? And then it just puts a sour taste in my mouth with that customer. Like, I'm never just going to do business with them because it's so frustrating. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, Brian, when it comes to things like security, that information, when we think retail, we're spending money, usually there's uh, PII around purchase information or what you're using to purchase, right? Not, cash is kind of falling by the wayside as we move forward. How are you handling those conversations about security? I've really seen the pendulum swing in the consumer marketplace. I think there was a time, you know, call it 10, 15 years ago, when people were very protective of their data. They had high expectations for how retailers or other firms were using their data. I think it then shifted to an environment where people just were throwing their hands up and saying, I give up. I know somebody's going to get a hold of this data. I know that people are misusing my data. I don't, I don't have a lot of trust. I think it's swung back, actually. And, and some of that is the, the regulatory environment in the US and in Europe has changed over the past few years. But also, I'm seeing some of the very best retail and restaurant chains really out there saying, I, you have the opportunity to control your data. You have the opportunity to, to opt in or out at a more granular level than all or nothing. I've seen instances where I've you know, tried to unsubscribe from things and they say, hey, would you prefer once a week? Would you prefer once a month? Just give me a couple of options. So I'm seeing a lot more control in the marketplace right now and a higher level of trust, actually, that, you know, uh, you know, companies like Google and Apple, I think, do a nice job of that. I think Microsoft does a fantastic job with the full D365 suite of keeping, uh, keeping your data really solid and giving both the 
the firm and the customer lots of options for how to, to tailor their communications. And over time, if you build that trust, you will see customers opting into things like location services, which is really helpful for a retailer, actually, because as you're strolling through a store, the option to get a push notification or a text that's relevant to the thing I'm looking at or the thing I'm shopping for. If you know that someone browsed the beauty department for 10 minutes and then left and you know didn't buy anything, that's actually a really good opportunity to reach out to that customer and see what happens. So you know, there are a handful of companies out there that, I th- including Microsoft, I think they're doing a really nice job of putting choice in the hands of the company, choice in the hands of the customer. And I'm seeing that trust come back a little bit, which again, just raises the bar, right? I think consumers threw their hands up for a little while, but the regulatory environment and some of these great new technologies and tools are putting power back in the hands of the consumer. No, Brian, choice and ease of use. That is that is the key for any and all customers, I think, moving forward. But, you know, Kevin and I, we truly just want to thank you for hopping on the show, giving our listeners something to really like dive into and understand what's going on in the in the retail industry. It's really heightened at this point in time. And, you know, we're really happy and, and glad that you were able to come and drop some nuggets. So again, we look forward to having you again down the road. Yeah, thanks, KJ. Thanks, Kevin. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a show for you, the innovators, with content directly from the experts. While we only cover one tidbit of Dynamics 365 per episode, if you want to learn more, head over to our LinkedIn page by searching for Digestible Dynamics on LinkedIn so that we can guide you to the right resource to help you maximize your Dynamics 365 experience. If you have any other questions, email your host, KJ and KG at digestibledynamics at microsoft.com. Until next time, folks.